It is a Wednesday here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, and we have always, at least sometimes, used this as a what if Wednesday. And I've had one particular question asked to me uh, many times by a lot of you about what if Arkansas beats Alabama this upcoming football season. So let's go ahead and talk about it here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday as, I don't know, uh, depending on where you're at in the world, but here in the city of Little Rock, it's raining and it's like 69 degrees. Nice. And it's got a little crisp fall feel to it. So I'm pumped. I'm ready for football season and have been for a while. I know many of you are. Uh, but this is something that it's like once you start feeling the weather come along with it, you, you, you really get extra pumped about it. So I'm excited. I can't wait for it to get going. And we're getting closer and closer, I guess, in the mere uh, 17 days away, according to my sign up there and basically two and a half weeks and boom we'll have Razorback football so uh we'll have some fall camp updates and some things and some takeaways and all that stuff too but I, I wanted to use this opportunity because I I've done what if Wednesdays before and a lot of them have been pretty uh you know interesting I think and a lot of good feedback from everybody but I remember it was really funny because on my radio show I had someone message in on our messaging service and they asked hey if next time you do a what if wednesday i want you to do what if arkansas beats bama like what will happen what will be the impact of it so i started thinking about i was like okay well i mean that's kind of the thing where i, I felt like i did a uh, podcast on what if arkansas won the west or something like that which involved that um but i guess technically arkansas still could win the west without beating bama and then I had a few more of you in the YouTube comments and everything say that you kind of wanted the same thing. Like, what if Arkansas beats Bama? Because we said that Arkansas and Bama will be the biggest SEC game uh, this season. So what if that happens? So I figured, all right, well, throw everybody a bone. Let's talk about it at least for a segment. What if Arkansas beats Alabama in 2022 in football in Fayetteville this season? You know, I think that we all can understand the difficulty it is to beat Bama anyways. Arkansas has not beaten Alabama since 2006. I was a senior in high school. Uh, George W. Bush was in the middle of his second term. Houston Nutt was the coach for Arkansas. Mike Shula was the coach for Alabama. Mitch Mustaine went off against John Parker Wilson. Uh, it's just so many nostalgia member berries going on with that whole game and it but it just goes to show you how long it's been since Arkansas has beaten Alabama in fact Arkansas has never beaten Alabama since Nick Saban has been there because Nick Saban took over in 07 and it's been L City ever since so I think we all understand that beating Alabama is dadgum near impossible it's been literally, at this at least leading up into this point, it's going to be the 16th year that you uh, will be facing off against Bama that you've yet to get a win. 
and they are be are being considered by some as being possibly the best Alabama team that Nick Saban has ever had. Now, you can base that off recruiting. You can base it off transfers. You can base that on whatever you like. But at the end of the day, that's what people are thinking about Alabama right now. They're thinking that they could be that next level good. So obviously, Arkansas winning this game would be quite the stretch. Even if Arkansas is 4-0 and they've looked really good in their first four games, uh, which means they would have beaten a top 25 team in Cincinnati and possibly a top 10, top 5 team in Texas A&M, I think Arkansas at that point would probably be a top 10 team. I think that if they were able to go 4-0, and depending on what the people in front of them do, I think it would be a top 10 matchup in Fayetteville because I still think Alabama would be number one. Arkansas could be number seven, eight, something like that uh, if they ended up getting to that point. You would have it on CBS at 2.30. It would be possibly a college game day destination, possibly. And everybody would be watching and waiting and, and wanting to know more about this game because after Arkansas would beat A&M, then suddenly this game is for the West in a lot of people's minds. But the atmosphere would be set. The hype would be set. Everything would be going just apy between the game against AM and the game against Alabama. Fayetteville would be an absolute party for that week. People wouldn't get work done. I and mean, it would just be an atmosphere like no other. So you know you're going to get Alabama's best shot. They're not going to overlook you. You know, it's not going to be a trap game. That's not what Nick Saban and Alabama do. That's not how you beat them. You don't beat them by them overlooking you because that won't happen. You're not going to beat them by having more talent than them. That's not going to happen. It's a very simple way to beat Alabama. And when I say simple, I'm not saying easy. Simple as in, you know, if you got this one thing, you are going to have a chance to beat Alabama. I should say maybe two things. The first thing, though, is that you have to have is that you have to be able to count on Alabama turning the ball over. It's not an easy thing because we know that Alabama is one of the best coach teams in the country by Nick Saban. We know that they're going to be fundamentally sound, especially with a lot of experience. And so, you know, they're, they're going to come in completely and totally prepared and probably as mentally and physically prepared for a football game that you'll ever see this year. But teams do have bad games. It is a sport. It is football. Sometimes it happens. So in order for you to be Bama, you got to be able to count on turnovers where you don't commit any and they commit a few. You know, always think back to some of the games that Alabama's lost in the regular season. Like I remember that one year they lost to Ole Miss and Chad Kelly and everyone was like, oh my goodness, Ole Miss, burp. Well, Bama lost the game because they turned the ball over six times. Like, that's how they lost. You know, last year, they, when they lost to A&M, uh, they had, they had a, couple, a few turnovers. Like, it, it's just kind of the recipe that goes along with it. But I'm not saying anything that's really profound. It's how you beat a lot of teams if the other team turns the ball over. But to beat Bama, you got to hope that they're the one that make the mistakes. That they start beating themselves. Because then that gives you an advantage to overcome all of the other things that they have over you, whether it's the talent, whether it's the depth, whatever. 
Those are the things that can help you overcome that and be able to be in a good position to win. And the second thing that you, I would say you need to have, because this is where, you know, there's examples of it in the times that they've lost during the regular season. If you look back at last year, for example, you know, Alabama gave up like a kick return for a touchdown. Like those are the weird plays, the fluky plays against a Bama team that you have to have. And that's where it kind of made me sad last year when Arkansas played Bama because it felt like Arkansas had a few of those plays, like the fake field goal for a touchdown to Blake Kern or, you know, the, the pass to, to Traylon Burks where he outran everybody. You know, those are the plays that Alabama doesn't give up very often. So when they have multiple plays like that, that go for scores, go for touchdowns, whatever it may be, that's the thing that where you start to add up and suddenly you got the team on the ropes, a team that's usually fundamentally sound. It doesn't allow those types of things to happen. Suddenly, when they're allowing them to happen, they get out of their sorts, like they kind of get out of whack. And so on top of being able to have Bama make the mistakes, you have to be able to have those fluky, crazy plays that end up going for major impacts in the game, major touchdowns, whatever it may be. And the, and the third thing that it, it's not really a necessity because we've seen Alabama lose games uh, in, very, in ways that didn't have this aspect, but it's certainly something that I think will help Arkansas. You have a phenomenal dual threat quarterback in KJ Jefferson. Now, they lost to Calzada last year. You know, they lost to Bo Wallace one year. I mean, it's, it's not always going to be freak athletic quarterbacks, but there have been times like when they lost to Cam Newton, when they lost to Johnny Manziel, um, you know, they, they, that they went up against high quality dual threat quarterbacks, even with Chad Kelly, you know, he was, a, he was a really good dual threat quarterback. Those are the ones that usually could cause some problems, but again, not always, but could, could potentially. So all those things mixed in is how you're going to have to beat Bama. And the question becomes, and as I lay it all out there, what if you beat Bama? What if you beat Bama this year? What if you actually knock them off for the first time since 2006? What, what does that mean? Well, first off, it means that you, Arkansas, are a legitimate national championship contender right off the bat. And this is assuming that you go 4-0 in the, in the first four games. You beat Bama, start 5-0, you're a legitimate national championship contender. Uh, I think that you are in the complete and total driver's seat of winning the SEC West, at least. And suddenly people got to start talking real about you possibly winning a national championship. That's what it becomes, and that's what it means. But what if you don't go 4-0? What if you're not 4-0 going into that game? What if you're 3-1? and Or maybe 2-2? Two and two? You know, what if like that? But then you beat Bama. Well, what that does is... It still will be amazing. It still will be awesome because you beat Alabama, got the monkey off your back. But it'll show that you still, that you have the talent and the coaching and everything that comes along with it to be a great team in this conference. You proved it. You knocked them off. You possibly ruined their season, depending on what they do the rest of the way. And suddenly it's going to cause chaos in all of college football. But you get back on the winning track where suddenly you got... Uh, a few games in front of you that are going to be pretty tough, especially ones on the road. But, you know, just looking at all the pieces and on all, all the ending of the schedule and everything, you could still turn it around, use that Alabama game as the complete total catapult to put you into the next level of the season and, and really be able to party it up that way. Like that absolutely could happen. But 
let's just no, let's just understand that it's going to be a difficult thing. I think we all know that. But what if you beat Alabama? You suddenly turn everybody's attention to you. You open up a lot of eyes. And also, people start looking at Sam Pittman and the Arkansas football program as not just a program that was able to beat some teams that may not have been as good last year or, or beat some teams that uh, you know were about to fire their coach or whatever excuse and nonsensical reason that people try to bring up of why Arkansas was good last year. It would be the greatest regular season win you've had probably in your history. I don't think I'm sugarcoating that. I believe that if you beat Alabama this year, it would be the greatest regular season victory, maybe even the greatest victory of all time in your football history. And if you're able to do that, suddenly people start looking at you like national experts that may have doubted you, like people who rank college football playoff rankings and all that, like recruits, the most important thing, when they see, wow, whatever they have going on at Arkansas, it, it was kind of a, a thing in the SEC, but now it's a real legitimate thing where they just beat Nick Saban in Alabama. They just beat the Heisman Trophy winner. They beat the best defensive player in the country in Will Anderson. They just beat Nick Saban. They just beat a team that everybody thought was going to be the greatest Alabama team of all time. People start recognizing that. And it opens up a lot of eyes. And people start saying, you know what? This Sam Pittman thing, this Arkansas thing, this isn't a cute story. This is real. This is a team. This is a program that can contend for a national championship. And I don't think that's too far-fetched. That, my friends, is what happens if you beat Alabama this year. I got to tell you this, though. We know that with the football season coming up, there's going to be a lot of partying. There's going to be a lot of enjoying each other's company. And there's going to be a lot of drinking because that's what we do when we celebrate and we have fun. People like to go out and drink. Well, listen, you're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. And a few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You don't live too far away. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everybody knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, you know, there's still some practice reports coming out and some guys that we haven't had a chance to hear from or uh, maybe we'll continue to hear from as the, uh, the, the fall camps go on. And uh, one of the things, though, that I thought was really interesting, and can, I, I wish I could go to fall camp. Like I really, I, and that's the, thing, that's the unfortunate thing about living in Little Rock, as much as I love Little Rock, is that we're not really 
close uh, to, to make it easy to go to fall camps and check them out. So I've had to rely on some of our fine astute media members uh, and reading their reports uh, to be able to check out and see uh, exactly what's been going on. But one of the things that uh, is going on today is about special teams and Scott Fountain actually meeting with the media, the special teams coordinator. And I know that we have talked about offense and defense the whole time. Like that is something that's important. It's something that we need to talk about. We need to discuss. Totally understand it. Totally get it. But special teams is something that I feel like has to have some discussion, especially from what we saw after last year. If you remember the beginning of the year from last season, the special teams were atrocious. They were lining up in, in the wrong ways on punts. Um, you know, that just there was penalties that didn't make any sense. You had a block punt uh, that was huge there in the Georgia game. Like just all of these things coming together. It was just, it was bad. It was just bad. And that was something that was extremely disappointing because you felt like after years of not having a special teams coordinator because you had two stupid, arrogant coaches that thought that they were too good for a special teams coordinator, you get Sam Pittman to bring one in, and it doesn't seem to be working out. It was frustrating. But then, suddenly, as the year went on, things turned around. So much so that even the special teams ended up being a really good group. Not only did you have a great field goal kicker in Cam Little, about as consistent as they come, making big-time field goals and being consistent there, especially as a true freshman. Now, you had uh, Reed Bauer as a punter who was able to do some really good things there and find some consistency there. And then you had the, the kickoff team being able to get it consistently to the end zone on touchbacks. Uh, you had the punt team take being in position. You limited the penalties. Like Everything started coming together really well uh, from the special team side of things. And now this year, you got your punter back. You got your kicker back. I'm really excited about the Fletcher kid, the punter, because he's an Australian and his dad is a rugby player, like a pro rugby player. And I got to see him punt once, and it's weird. He's really tall. But when he punts, you know, most people, when they punt, I mean, their leg goes way up into the air. Well, this guy punts just like, Wah! it's just like a little like, you know, maybe like two or three feet off the ground, and then it just flies up into the air. So really interesting stuff. So you got some other options there. Uh, I know that they've been working out some kickoff and punt return guys, but either way, the special teams, I think, is actually going to be a group that's just as good, if not better, than last year. You know, talk about offense and defense. Well, who's going to be good? Who's going to be bad? What's it going to look like? And how's it going to be improving? Should it be improved? Is it going to be for whatever questions that you have? Those are important. But the special teams are definitely something that uh, needs to get a lot of discussions and a lot of uh, a lot of things talked about with them because they have they've really, really done a good job of, of fixing some things that may have been problematic before. And in this case, with uh, with uh, with uh, Scott Fountain and the special teams, it's actually ended up working out. In fact, uh, as we're recording this right now, Scott Fountain uh, was talking about Reed Bauer and Max Fletcher. They're still competing for the punting job, and he notes it's the best punting camp that he's ever been involved with. So that's pretty big, uh, pretty big comments there. And uh, I just, I know, I don't know. I know it's probably a, not so much of a bold prediction, but I still think that it's at least interesting to talk about. I believe that when Push comes to shove this year, because this happened last year, but this year especially, there's going to be a game where Cam Little hits a game-winning field goal. It's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be an SEC game or, you know, is it going to be an early game, whatever, but there's going to come a time where, where Cam Little's going to line up for a field goal to win the game for Arkansas, just like last year he did for Arkansas against LSU. And I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream once. 
and this was uh, a few weeks, months back. I had a dream that Arkansas got an interception against Alabama where HUD Island, the no-fly zone, got the interception, and it put Arkansas in good position with the game tied and with about four seconds left to go on the game clock. It put Arkansas in position to make a 26-yard field goal, to, or not 26, 56, a 56-yard field goal to win it all. And I remember in the dream, by crapping my pants, and I, it wasn't even real, but just the feeling of like where my stomach was, sitting there and watching a game where Arkansas is tied with Alabama, and Cam Little is lining up for a 56-yard field goal to win the game, to beat Alabama. And then, like, Saban takes a timeout to Isaac, and, and it's just like, I'm sick. Like, I'm, I'm still getting goosebumps just thinking about it because it just made me so sick. But he made it, <laughs> and they won. Imagine if that happened. Cam Little built him a statue if that ended up happening since we talked about Alabama. But anyways, I think the special teams will be really good. Uh, I think Cam Little is, is one of the best kickers in the SEC. Great kid, too. Has a lot of great causes, and – Really look forward to uh, to seeing how it all goes down this season. We'll close up shop here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast coming up next. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so uh, final segment here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, we always uh, talk about schedules and everything, and I saw that uh, Peter Burns actually put out a tweet, which I knew that was it was the case, but still, just kind of when you see it in, in, in uh, worded this way, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so the teams that have multiple preseason top 25 teams on their schedule, there's quite a few of them, especially if you're in the SEC. But in the country, there are only two teams that have five, which is the most, Preseason top 25 teams on their schedule. Arkansas, of course, is one of them. Auburn's the other one, which is funny, uh, but not surprising because Auburn does have to play Georgia and Alabama every year. And we know that they also play some teams out of the SEC West. But Arkansas, with their five teams, actually ends up being Cincinnati, of course, is top 25. They got A&M. They got Alabama. They got BYU. They got Ole Miss. Those are their your top preseason top 25. I still think Ole Miss is overrated. but and that is what it is. Uh, Auburn still got five. Auburn, AM, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU all have four. Bama only has three. Miami has three. Georgia has two. Like, come on, Georgia. Two? That's it? I mean, eh, it's, it's whatever. But still, it, it's like Georgia actually has a pretty easy schedule this year. Like it, it, it need they need got a pretty easy schedule this year. They they better win the SEC East again, or else it's going to be just a bad look for them. But either way, uh, yeah, Arkansas once again has the toughest schedule in the country. It's not surprising, uh, but they had that last year, and that's what I always think about. Like last year, I know it's always woulda, coulda, shoulda, do what you got to do in front of you. Like Arkansas could have won ten games last year if it wasn't for the fact that they had to play on the road against Georgia as their East opponent. Like if it was. Any other East opponent, essentially. Like, if they had South Carolina or or even, I think, even Tennessee. I think Kentucky. I think, you know, Vanderbilt. Like, whoever. Even Florida, because they, like, crashed and burned quick. 
Arkansas would have won that game, and then they would have won 10 games. So I know it's always woulda, coulda, shoulda, and everything, but it's just amazing how timing goes for these schedules. Like Arkansas just happened to play the best Georgia team of all time last year on the road. Great. Good for them. But luckily this year you don't have that. You just have Alabama. And South Carolina, I still wish it was later in the year because at the end of that second game, it's just so, I don't know. Like You know how you used to play South Carolina time? I think Shane Beamer's a pretty good coach, but still leaning towards Arkansas just taking care of business. I don't think it's going to be a problem, but that's just the way the good schedule goes in Arkansas land. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.